Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. My name is Pastor Andrea, and we're so excited that you're here um, in person, but also worshiping online as well. Today, we're going to continue on with our sermon series, uh, Restored, Finding Redemption in Our Mess, by um, uh, uh, Pastor Tom Berlin. And um, as uh, Michelle has said, that we have pretty opportunities for you to join us in this study. Uh, we have several of our, uh, our small groups and Sunday school classes leading this, um, this class. And also, Michelle is leading on Wednesday. So if you want to join her in person um, on Wednesday at 6, 6.30, and um, the gathering room, but also uh, we're opportunities for you to join online as well. In your bulletin, there's um, instructions for you to do as a family as well. So we got everything covered, okay? So many ways for you to, to be involved uh, with Amplify is, um, as I always describe it, is the Christian version of Netflix. Does anyone like Netflix in here? Yes. So you get to browse and see what kind of discipleship um, uh, DVDs you want to study. So uh, we invite you to journey with us um, in this sermon series um, as we journey to the cross with Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. We're preparing to, um, to, uh, to look at our mess and um, learn how to, um, to be transformed by it. And like with any sermon series, um, it's we have to kind of uh, recap how we got here. We're on week three, and I don't know about you, we slept since then, and you may have missed worship and didn't go back and watch it. So what I'm going to begin by is um, give it a little short recap and then point us to where we're, um, we're going to be situated today, okay? So week one, um, it was the first Sunday of March, two weeks ago, right? Three weeks ago. And um, if you remember, there was a, um, a little index card in the back of the pew, and, and you all had one too. Remember that awkward Sunday where we had to sit and uh, think about the mess we have in our life and how we're, how Tom is, is, is really talking about mess is that we all have mess, right? We all have stuff in our life that is, um, is, is getting away for, you know, having a true relationship with Jesus Christ because we have all these things cluttered in our lives, and, and we call this mess sin. And we talked about how uncomfortable it is to say sin, but we also looked at the, um, Luke's gospel, chapter 18, where the Pharisees were, were praying. And it's so easy for us to look at other people's sin and mess in their lives. Anybody remember this? Yes. Okay. And so it was the, the Pharisees are praying, I'm so happy I'm not like, the, like them. I'm so glad I'm not an adulterer. You know, you know how we are. We can, we can name every else, everything else that's going wrong in the world. And then we see the, the, um, the tax collector, you know, humbled. And he beats on his chest, says, have mercy on me, for I'm a sinner. And he walked away justified. And so the whole point of chapter one, or ch- week one, is for us to identify, name, name the things in our life that are, 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 are separate us from the love of God, separate us from one another, just naming it. We sat there and alone about two minutes or so. And then last week, we, um, um, Pastor Michelle talked about prevenient grace. To be Methodist is just to, to um, talk about grace. We love talking about grace because God is, of, is love and God loves us so much that God gives us grace abundantly. 
And God's grace proveniently goes before us. It's always operating. But oftentimes we don't see it. We ignore it. We, we, we ignore the God's grace that's allowing us to be more and more transformed by God's love. Because when we experience grace, we are never the same. And if you have not got a chance to look at the um, video of last week, I'm going to give a little synopsis that helps us to, to frame what, um, how Provenia Grace was work, is always working, but um, another form of means of grace is reflecting on our experience to see how God was at work when we didn't see it. Because God is always at work. It's about whether or not we can see it. Well, we can see it. We're, you know, and so, so in the video, there were, uh, I think, five individuals, and they have very powerful stories. Of, they all have a story how their, their mess has had dif- disrupted their lives. And one of the guys, his name was Kelvin. And Kelvin served in the desert storm, and he talked about how, how stressful his time was in war. But he also goes back before that and talked about the, the, um, how our lives shape who we are and how some things in our life were toxic and how we embody those things. And that began um, to um, permeate in our lives, and we don't even know how we got here. It's just things in our life that's continuing to pile up and shape us and form us and becomes a way of life. And become so normal, it's toxicity, the, the sinfulness we have in our life, the, the broken relationships, the shame, the guilt, all those things are just piling up to this big pile of mess. We have, do, you, do y'all have mess? Is it just me? We, yeah. yeah, yeah. We all have mess. Because scripture tells us that we all fall, fall short of God's glory. We all have this condition of sin. But we have the power over sin, but we don't always live into that. So we'll get to that part, Okay. And so Calvin is, is talking about how he, he, um, he, he resulted, resulted to cocaine. So he began to, to, um, to have drug abuse. And he experienced homelessness. And then began to the criminality of selling drugs. And what happens? He gets arrested. And he serves time in jail. And it was in that moment of rock bottom, hitting rock bottom that he realized that Calvin himself could not save himself, that he needed God to restore him, to transform him. Do we find our, we, we see it in the Bible, we, we see it in our relationships, we see it in ourselves. Why is it that we have to have these rock bottom experiences to, to, to cry out, oh Lord help me. Oh Lord, we, we get in the field position and do these ugly cries. Anybody had an ugly cry before? You know, know what that is? You just, you know, you're just ugly, you're crying, you're letting your pouring out your heart. I have the ugliest cry, by the way. So, but this, the story is, is, is showing us not just that we don't have all this dramaticness of doing, you know, having addicted to cocaine and getting arrested. We don't have to have these major life-changing things. We have our own mess in our lives, and we have moments in our lives that right now that we have not dealt with. Even though y'all have, still have your little index cards, you know what you wrote, right? So it was the idea of naming it so that she can say, I need help. But we know that's a journey. And so last week was Provenia Grace. God always goes before us. And that we have this mess that continues. If we don't address it, it takes over our lives. And there was another guy named, named by Jim. He, um, has, he, he grew up in an abusive home. And he says, hurt people hurt people. And he had said so he had five um, principles in his life was that he was not lovable, that he would never be loved, that he wasn't good, he was bad, 
everything he did was wrong, and began to embody this, 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 these thoughts about himself, and he began to be self-destructive, he too became um, a substance abuse. And he also hit rock bottom that sent him into jail. He was sentenced to like seven years and he served like three. And he said in time, in, 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 in his recovery moment, he began to look at ways in which his mess had got him there. And that's what we all need to do. We don't have these dramatic stories. Some of you do. I don't know. Because life is messy. Can we say we, life is messy? Life is messy. And as soon as we can say that out loud, as soon as we can name it, that we are on the path of new life. And this season that we're in, Lent is not, you know, um, about this idea of, um, you know, um, caring this shame and guilt. And it's often what we have when we have all this clutter in our life, what we call sin. And it's been with us, you know, people have done bad things to us, and that's still shaping how we see life and how we see God, how we are in the world. Maybe our kids or your grandchildren or experiencing things in their lives, and you see this, you, you see the ripple effect, because we have this thing called condition of sin. Is we can, the world has convinced us it's a way that life should be, but I'm here to tell you that God says, I'm here so that you can have life abundant. Our mess is not what God desires for us, because God knows how we are. He knows that we are messed up, that we need help. And so God loves us so much that God has sent his grace every second. It's, just, it's never a point where grace is not here in our lives. We know what's not operating is our vision to see how grace is operating in our lives. And that's because we know, we, know the God, we, know, we know God's grace. We can say that all day long. But do we really live into it? Do we really embody it? Do we, do we really want it? The question for us today is, do you want to be transformed? Do we want to be transformed? That's not rhetorical, really, is it? Do you want to be transformed? Do you want to be transformed? Because the moment we, we, we desire that, that's when grace begins to come powerfully, overpowerfully so, in your life. And so that brings us today, which is bless this mess. Bless this mess. And um, I'm going to read a little snippet of this to get us started and um, uh, for our time today, for today's sermon, Bless This Mess. Thomas says, I once saw a sign that hung over a man's desk that read, Bless This Mess. I asked the man why was it there, and he said, I used to pray that I would be more organized until I saw that sign. Now I pray that God will just bless my mess. And he goes on to say, I don't know if God was blessing his mess, but as I took in the piles of junk on his desk, the floor, the filing cabinets, and end tables and chairs, I saw that he was giving the Lord plenty of opportunity. Bless this mess. I have seen that sign in many places over the years, he says, in kitchens and basements. Y'all have this sign anywhere? Okay, I haven't seen it before. Basements and garages and other disordered spaces. Sometimes we hang the sign over the messy parts of our lives as well. Sometimes we hang the sign over the messy parts of our lives as well. Sin creates a lot of chaos and confusion in our lives. Rather than seeking transformation and surrendering our way to God's design for our life, 
We ask God to bless this mess. Using this phrase could mean that we want God to ignore the mess. It could also mean that we want God magically to fix it because it's more comfortable to stay where we are even though we know it's not the best for our lives. We're comfortable. My, my um, sales manager was telling me, you can't become comfortable with something unless you actually do it. Confessing, naming our problems, because we, it's easier for us to not to even say there's a problem in our lives and it continues to eat at us, it continues to destroy um, the, the life God desires for us because it's easier to be where we are. And we're like, you know, bless, bless this mess. When we don't want to talk about a condition of sin that plagues our world, it's easier for us to say, oh, name it, and not really want to see a real change because it's easier to continue to do what we want to do. It's easier to turn towards ourselves and away from God. I don't know why it's so easy for us to do that. But our today's scripture comes from Ephesians, which I will get us there in just a moment. So we have the naming of our, we've named it on our cars, we have those things here. And the next step for us to do is to confess. It's called confession, repentance, those things. Yeah. Those things are hard. It's hard. What? It's hard. Even in our, by ourselves, we can't even fix our mouth and say, uh, we just can't do it. We can't do it for whatever reason it is. And I, I think it's because we're, we, we either we don't believe that God can, do anything, can change our situation or we think we can fix it or we don't, some, some, some kind of lack of faith there. I, 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 we, I don't know. I don't know why we're here. We had, those are the, I think those are the three um, reasons why we, we don't confess. But the good thing about it is that God gives us convincing grace. We have all types of graces in the Methodist Church. Convincing grace or convicting grace, which means that in our mess, we have something in us that know this is not right. We know this is not, we know this is not the best life God desired for us. There are songs out there, I'm living my best life. We, we, this is not, we, we know, we, we know this is not what God desires for us, what we're doing. We know it's not right. And I don't know what, the, what those things in your life, which you have given up, which you need to give up, what's separating you from your family members you haven't talked to in some time or whatever. I don't know. You can only name those things. You can only name those things. But God gives us grace to be able to have the awareness, or, you know, I would say 2020, your, 20, your spiritual 2020 vision has been activated. Where you can see the need for confession, you can see the need for repentance, you can see that you yourself cannot transform yourself. If we can transform ourselves, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need the Holy Spirit, right? And I think that's the thing, is to be able to say it, that you need Jesus. That you need help. That you desire not to be where I am anymore. 
and not to worry about this shame and guilt you're maybe be harboring or whatever it is. Because God's grace is bigger than all of that. So once we're able to, you know, um, have this moment of, um, of responding to convincing or convicting grace, that's another step. Naming it, then confessing it, and what do you think is next? Repentance. So in this, in this whole idea of confessing, we don't have it in our, in our tradition. Um, and maybe long ago, you know, when we broke off from the Church of England, maybe it was there. But in our Protestant denominations, United Methodists, we don't have the right of reconciliation. In the Catholic Church, they have confession. We have a lot of, um, used to be Catholics. I have a, my best friend is Catholic. He always says, once Catholic, always Catholic. So we have some of you may be in here, or family members, and you, you know, they go to confession. And the confession itself is, is, is a sacrament. It's called the rite of reconciliation. And when we're able to begin to confess the things in our lives that are wronged, to confess the things that we want to be changed and transformed, that we want to be transformed, that it's not about guilt and shame, it's not about making you feel horrible, but it's a journey of recon, re, being reconciled with your community, with yourself, and with God. It's, 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 a, it's a freeness. It's, it's, you're free. Anybody want to be free? Free. Living life freely. We live life freely when we are able to surrender all. That's a, I was looking at the hymnal. It's one of our songs for Provenient Grace. I surrender all. When we're ready to have those moments of confession and and um, if, if responding to convincing grace, we have this freeness, the freedom, freedom in that. You're freed. You're freed. We're freed. And then also, the next step is saying, you know what? I'm ready to, to change. I'm ready to transform. It's called metanoia in the Hebrew. And metanoia is not saying I'm sorry. It's really is a turning. It's a complete turning. A turning desire to be never the same. And we know that our journey through all this is not an overnight fix. It's not this magical one that God comes in and just... It is a pathway. Everything we have that we're, we're doing, we're coming here, is on a pathway to being more and more like Christ. In our baptism, we, we believe that, I'm in the Methodist Church, that we, are, we have been justified. Justified. Y'all have you heard that term, justifying grace? So now we have, we're, we've named our, our, our sin, our mess in our lives, and how it's affecting us. We've, um, we're, we, we respond to convincing grace. That there is a real problem that I'm ready to say, I confess with my mouth, <laughs> and I'm, ready, I'm, I'm repentant, I have a repentant heart. And that is a journey for justification. So you move, you, you've moved away, you know that you need help, you can't do it by yourself, and you, you believe by faith that Jesus Christ is the answer to all of your problems. You believe that Jesus Christ is the answer to all your problems because Jesus saves. Jesus saves. So it brings us to our scripture for today, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. And this is setting us up to understand why we need justification and how it works in our lives. Okay? So it reads here, Blessed 
be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love, he destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on all of us, freely giving us grace, is a paraphrase here. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, and Christ we have obtained in an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him, who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, must live for the praise of his glory. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So once we have responded to God's convincing grace and we have, 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 have repented, then there is a change that's happening. There is it's a recognizing that you can't fix it yourself, that we are now depending on Jesus. And why do we depend on Jesus? Because we have been redeemed by his blood. The scripture tells us we have been redeemed by his blood. A lot of us you don't, don't want to confess and, and, and feel this guilt and the shame and all these things that's going on top of us. But once we, as I said, it's freeing. It's freeing because when we have, this is all by faith, justification by faith. We are justified through Jesus Christ, through his work on the cross, his death on this cross, his blood on the cross. Redeemed. So we are been redeemed. We have been forgiven. Everything we've done, we have been forgiven. And when, this is a good part of this, when God looks at us, God sees Jesus. We have the righteousness of Jesus and, and put it upon in us. We're made righteous. Isn't that good news? It's good news. So no matter what is in your mess, no matter how much piles and mess and how much junk you have in your life and how much is piled up, you have been redeemed, you have been set free. And that's the, this, a, if I, Michelle, all the um, different English majors in here, correct me if I'm wrong, this is an aorist tense. It's ongoing. We, we, it's already done. It's, 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 it's already done. It's, we have been redeemed. We're, we already, it's, a, it's, it's ongoing. It's already been done, but we have to realize, we had to live into it. If we desire to be transformed, and it tells us and that even as we're justified that before creation happened, that God desired us to be in relationship with God. We adopted sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. And that's a beautiful story. And that's what we're celebrating. We're, we're, we're many Easter's on Sundays during Lent. It's yes, we're going to name our stuff. We're going to name it. We're going to name it. We're going to name it. We're going to claim it. We're going to confess. But we're going to celebrate because we've already been restored, we've already been redeemed, we've already been transformed. It's, it's already there. Isn't that, the, that is, we already know how the story ends. I'm glad about it. And that's empowering for us to tap into this, this grace that's always calling out for us. It says, 
the scripture in Ephesians that's been poured out freely, lavishly to, for all of us. So we don't have to do our ugly cries by ourselves. Grace is there. Ready to write those tears. Remind you that the Holy Spirit is yet working in you. We have to believe it. We have to claim that authority that we've already been saved. God is yet already working on you, but you have to participate. This is a participation. God is not a God of, of control. God desires for us to want to be transformed. So today, as we, Michelle is going to bring us to the altar, we're going to have an opportunity for us to confess and repent and be reconciled. And I invite you in that moment to really dig down inside and think about the ways in which we need to confess and to be set free today. Because this meal that we take every single Sunday nourishes us, transforms us to be Christ in the world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.